Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Cedar here, and guys, we're live for the second day in a row on Rumble, and that's like a personal record. I, I pretty much stopped doing live streams on Rumble for months, so two in a row, that's, that's, we're doing pretty good, and I plan to do one, uh, you know, maybe even tomorrow too. So guys, uh, make sure you guys keep an eye out on this channel. We're going to be doing a lot more live streams because I truly enjoy them. Now, I decided to go live to talk about this defamation case between Konek and Truth Vote. And I'll tell you why. And guys, you are going to want to stick around for this because uh, if you're like me, right, you saw there was a defamation case filed against Truth Vote by Konek, right? And then you saw the CEO of this company get arrested. And so you're probably thinking to yourself, well, <laughs> I mean, this is pretty much an open and shut case. Truth Vote's in the clear and will... Uh, I mean, they'll be completely vindicated here. But that is clearly, clearly not not what is happening here at all. Okay, and this is very troublesome. Um, I found this out. I, I actually had a conversation with Greg Phillips of True the Vote two days ago. Uh, I was asking him some questions about uh, something else, and this came up. And his sentiment and demeanor about this was was shocking to me. I couldn't believe what he was saying. And so I decided this morning to just go ahead and, you know, pull up the court docket and just read everything I could about this case and figure out how the hell this is possible. So that's what we're going to, uh, we're going to go over today. Now, first and foremost, I want to say happy birthday to Suzetevi. I think I said that right. Your birthday's today. Well, my birthday is tomorrow. So I'm sorry to shift the focus to myself, but I saw the word birthday and I thought about Sorry. Uh, happy birthday, Susa. Uh, happy birthday, Susa Tevi. Okay, this is about you. Today is your day. Tomorrow's mine. And I'll be sure to remind you all of that. Now, so let's get uh, let's get to talking about this, all right? Because, uh, man, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised. <clears throat> you can't ever be surprised by, you know, how corrupt our two-tier justice system is, how corrupt the DOJ is. I mean, we have all the evidence in the world to know how these things go. Um, could this turn on a dime? Yes, yes. And uh, I believe that it will with the action of hundreds of thousands of people like you. So there's a positive message at the end, but let's go through this case, okay? So a little backstory, just to get everybody uh, caught up, make sure we're all on the same page. You know, we had this pit event back in August, which was hosted by True the Vote. Um, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, they brought a bunch of citizen journalists all to this, this, this weird undisclosed location in Arizona. And they, they sat everybody down, they turned the live stream off and they told everybody this situation with a company called Konek, right? They found out, uh, you know, way, way, way back in the early stages of all of this election fraud stuff, uh, Greg Phillips and his team, I guess they were doing like a sweep of all of the election software companies and the URLs and where the IP addresses were stored. And they found this company, Konek, they had a, a software where the IP address was stored on a server in China, right? So we all know that. Um, then they took this evidence and they gave it to the FBI. They went directly to the FBI and the FBI opened an investigation into this matter. And they even went as far as to make, and this is according to Greg, they even went as far as to make Greg Phillips and his his guys uh, giving them confidential informant status, right? And they even had Greg Phillips and his guys, as confidential informants, make contact with Konek, right? He said they had us communicating with the target. So the reason that's important is because Greg Phillips and his, his team... We're working directly with the FBI, right? Now, here's the thing. At some point, Washington, D.C. headquarters got involved. So, you know, you know the top brass... There may be some good FBI agents, but the top brass in the FBI, we know. That's where the corruption is, especially headquarters, Washington, D.C. Once they get involved, that's when things uh, go south, right? So, they got involved, and then turned the entire thing around on True the Vote. And instead of investigating Konek, now they're saying, you guys stole this data. And we're making you the target of the investigation. So so this is where this is what everybody was told at the pit. 
And that's where they were left, right? And so you, then you had all these citizen journalists digging up on this company and making connections and finding out that uh, this is a severely compromised company headed by CEO Eugene Yu. And, uh, you know, it's pretty clear that this company is, you know, I don't want to say too much or I might get a defamation lawsuit of my own, but uh, they're pretty damn <laughs> shady. Let's just say shady. You know, we, we, we see that they're pretty much all their software engineers are from China. Um, they develop some sort of program for a university with, you know, the Con Confucius Institute to p teach people Mandarin and all these Chinese connections and whatnot, right? And uh, so basically, substantial ties to China. We know that for a fact. And uh, so you have all these hundreds of thousands of citizen journalists, like, screaming from the... I mean, people and citizen journalists working together and screaming this from the rooftops about this company. And it forces them into the spotlight. So then, you know, once this really starts getting traction, then Konek decides that they're going to file a defamation lawsuit and computer fraud lawsuit against True the Vote. And basically they said that True the Vote was, uh, if you saw their press conference, or their, their, their press release, they went as far as to say that they were being racist. Like, like True the Vote, this is, this is a quote from their original complaint back in uh, September. Quote, Konek files this action to recover damages as a result of defendants' defamatory statements and interference with Konek's current and prospective business relationships and seeks a restraining order to immediately and permanently restrain defendants and those acting in concert with them from accessing, obtaining, using, and or disclosing any data from Konex protected computers. So they want they want True the Vote to have to pay up millions of dollars and so they can recuperate damages to their company. They also want to prevent True the Vote from being able to release the data, right, that they, they, they collected. And um, you know, this is the data that would 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 vindicate True the Vote, right? This would this is the data that they collected which would prove whether or not this IP address was stored in in China, right? But they don't want them to release that. And Catherine Engelbrecht accurately pointed out in uh, on locals that basically they think this defamation lawsuit is attempting to silence examination of their activities through litigation. That's that's a quote from Catherine. And so they wanted to put this gag order over True the Vote and stop this evidence from coming out. And I mean, that lends a little bit of credibility to them, right? I mean, why would you try to suppress this from coming out if there's nothing to hide? I mean, I, look, if you were innocent, I can understand a defamation lawsuit where you're trying to recuperate damages. But the defamation lawsuit where you're trying to prevent this evidence from coming out, that kind of makes you look a little guilty. That's just my opinion, right? So uh, they filed this lawsuit. Now... They they like with this with this lawsuit that there's a defamation suit and there's also a request for an injunction. Okay, they they wanted an injunction for a temporary restraining order. Now, that's the first document that I want to pull up. Uh and there's guys, we're not gonna I'm not gonna bore you with, you know, a a whole bunch of legal jargon, right? This is pretty I'm I'm gonna stick to the juicy the juicy stuff to keep your uh to keep your attention, okay? Wow, shoot. Okay, well, this what was supposed to happen is when I clicked over to this slide, then uh, the document was supposed to come up. Okay, there it is. Sorry. All right, so sorry for the delay. All right, now, this is the plaintiff's motion for temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction and brief and support, okay? So this is what Koenig is saying to the courts, Asking for this injunction, they say Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips admitted hacking and theft of financial and other sensitive personal data of purportedly 1.8 million U.S. poll workers, allegedly from a Konek-protected computer. As an initial matter, Konek has never managed customer data for 1.8 million poll workers or even a small percentage of that many poll workers. Now, I want to stop right there. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, I actually did find it kind of odd that they said they found 
data on uh, uh, personal data on two million people because see Konex poll chief software is only used in like thirty two counties and I don't think that constitutes like two hundred two two million people right so I even myself thought that was a little odd but um I don't, I don't I don't really know what to say about that I thought that was a little odd myself but. Reading on, regardless, based on the extensive security measures Konek has in place, has in place, defendants could only access any of Konek's data if they illegally hacked into and stole data from Konek's protected computers. So they're saying our our stuff is completely secure, and the only way you could have gotten this is if you stole it, right? Defendants must be enjoined from taking any further unlawful action and to return the information they claim to have wrongfully stolen from Konek. Now, here's their reasons why. First, Konek will succeed on the merits of its claim because defendants have repeatedly confessed their unlawful violation of the Federal uh, Fraud and Abuse Act. So they're saying, you should give us this injunction because Greg Phillips has already admitted that he obtained this illegally. All right? Specifically, defendants claim that they and or others working in concert with them gained unauthorized access to Konex protected computers and obtained personal information concerning U.S. poll workers. Indeed, defendants admit they are under investigation by the FBI in connection with their unlawful conduct. So uh, they're, they're citing the fact that the FBI turned everything around on True the Vote as justification for why they should be granted this restraining order, right? Second, Konak will suffer immediate, irreparable injury without injunctive relief. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to skip that. The third one's why I, I highlighted this in red, because this is the most important part. Third, the threatened injury to Konak far outweighs any damages that an injunction might cause to the defendants. Defendants will not be damaged by enjoining them from committing further unlawful acts, by returning the information they stole from Konak, or by describing how defendants obtained data from Konex protected computers without authorization. So that there is no further unauthorized access to Konex protected computers in connection with the 2022 midterm elections. So so they're basically saying like if you don't give us this injunction, it damages us. Right? If you do give us this injunction, it really doesn't damage true the vote at all. Right? So that's their argument. And um they're, they're saying, like, we, we need this now because the midterms are coming up and they've already illegally compromised our uh, systems from the 2020 election and we have to make sure that they don't do it again in 2022. This is what Konek is saying. Now, there's a couple key details that are really important to remember here. And I want to click out of that so you guys can see my, my beautiful dome. Okay, so uh, so here's the thing. The first detail that's really important uh, is that True the Vote turned this data over to the FBI and was granted confidential informant status, right? We talked about that already. So if what they did was illegal, if they obtained this data illegally, then that would have never happened. I mean, the FBI would have probably immediately turned things around on True the Vote, right? But no, they took the data and they started investigating Konek, and only once... Washington, D.C. headquarters got involved, that's when they flipped the script. So, that's an important detail. Also, Konek wants them to return this data, but, apparently, Konek doesn't have it, right? I actually reached out to Catherine this morning and asked them about this, and Catherine says, the only copy of the data that they have, they gave it to the FBI. <laughs> now, now, I... Okay, personal feelings about that aside, if that's true, then they, they can't comply with this restraining order anyway, right? But but it's it's odd that Konek wants them to give the data back to them, right? They're really afraid of what True the Vote has in their possession, so much that they're asking the judge, make them give this back to us, right? The next important thing to remember here is that they supposedly access these servers in China, right? Not on a secure server here in the U.S., right? Uh, and according to them, they didn't have to hack into this at all. They were able to walk right in the front door, okay? Because what they said was, 
the servers were in China. That I, I'm not a tech guy, but I, I've I've done my best to understand this. So the IP address, an IP address is like your home address. It's where the server is located, right? So the server's in China. And you have these ports. Ports are like, you know, windows or doors on the house where you can get in. And they're supposed to be secure, right? You're supposed to have locks on the doors and the windows. And that would be like, you know, some sort of encryption, password-protected, you know, something something like that, <laughs> keeping people out. But what Greg Phillips said is that there was no security whatsoever. They were able to walk right in the front door. They they literally used the out-of-the-box password to get in, which was literally password. Okay? So, so Konex's argument falls apart <laughs> completely. Okay? If you have... First of all, you're lying that the servers were in the U.S. You're lying that they were secure. You're lying that they had to hack to get into the servers. So... <laughs> So that's their argument. Okay? And obviously I'm I'm leaning a little bit heavier towards believing true the vote over this company which clearly is compromised by the CCP. And uh you know, you can fault me for that, but uh it is what it is. So so here that's the argument that Konek was making for this restraining order and 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 in a normal situation, right? In an actual if we actually had a justice system, uh, a fair judicial system. Here's what would happen. They apply for this restraining order. Okay. So they hear the arguments from Konek and why. So basically Konek makes the argument. Here's why we will be damaged. If you don't give us this relief, then the judge would say, okay, true the vote. What's your response? Um, how would you be damaged? If we did grant this restraining order, right? They would allow both sides to present their arguments, right? And the judge is supposed to be unbiased and look at the effect that this restraining order would have on both parties and then make a decision. But that's not what happened at all. What happened was the judge granted this restraining order without true the vote even being present, Okay, so now the next document we're going to pull up is the judge's decision to grant this restraining order. Okay, so. The court having reviewed plaintiff's original complaint, plaintiff's motion for temporary restraining order, and brief in motion, blah, 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 uh, Konek will suffer irreparable injury if this TRO is not granted. Specifically, evidence was presented to the court to substantiate Konek's claim that, one, Konek has a substantial likelihood of success on the merits with respect to its claim against defendants through the vote. Okay, so that right... Look, you, you you have to hear this. Basically what the judge just said, Konek has a substantial likelihood of success on the merits. So the judge is granting them this restraining order and saying that you guys are likely to win this on the merits anyway. So that's why I'm that's why I'm siding in your favor. Why? Because Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht have openly admitted to violating the Federal Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, right? Um there so that's that's what that's what the judge is saying, right? You guys are likely to win this because they've already admitted they broke the law, which they haven't. But that's what the judge is saying. Two, Konek will suffer irre- immediate irreparable harm absent the issuance of a temporary restraining order because there is a threat that defendants will seek at... On, uh, oh, man, sorry. Let me take a sip of my water. Before I start tripping over my words. See, guys, in my in my regular recorded videos, I use a lot of jump cuts. And the reason is because... I can't really put, you know, three sentences together without stuttering or tripping over my tongue. So you guys got to bear with me here. I'm doing my best. It's more fun to go live. Okay, now, number two. I'm going to read this again. Konek will suffer immediate irreparable harm absent the issuance of a TRO because 
There is a threat that A, defendants will seek unauthorized access to Conex protected computers. B, defendants will use and or disclose data from Conex protected computers without authorization. C, defendants will interfere with Conex control of its protected computers. Uh, D, Conex will suffer a breach of security. E, defendants will disclose confidential information. F, defendants will cause a loss of confidence and trust of Conex customers. Blah, 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 blah. All right? You get the point. Basically, the judge is just agreeing with everything that Conex just said without listening to any evidence from the other side. And this is unprecedented. Completely unprecedented. Right? There was a, there was a legal scholar... I found this in an article, a quote from Peter Vogel, a Texas litigation attorney who specializes in cybersecurity and information technology, who said, quote, federal judges rarely grant injunctions without allowing a defendant to present evidence. So th- th- this is a this is a legal expert saying this never happens like the judge. He gave them the, the restraining order without even listening to the other side. What what the hell? I mean, either the, the judge is heavily biased or there's substantial, massive amounts of evidence that would justify this decision, right? The judge is so compelled by Konak's argument and believes there's substantial evidence that they'll be injured if they don't get this restraining order and that True the Vote has violated the law. The judge is saying he's thoroughly convinced that that's the case, and sides with Konek without them even hearing the other side. Okay, now after they got this restraining order granted, a few days go by, and there's some back and forth, and Konek comes back around and says that True the Vote is not complying with the restraining order, and then attempted to compel the judge to hold them in contempt for misconduct, right? So here's what the, I want you guys to understand. This is what the restraining order entails um true the vote basically has to disclose who their source was for the data where how and when they obtain the data um and they also have to tell them everybody who's been in contact with the data and they have to return all this data to konek so a few day- days go by and konek says they're not complying they're not doing what you just told them to do so, Konek files a motion to hold True the Vote in contempt. And that's the next document we're going to pull up here. Right? So, Konek says, Since this court granted the TRO nine days ago, Konek has endeavored on almost da- a daily basis to obtain defendants' voluntary compliance with the restraining order. Instead of complying, however, defendants have treated compliance with the TRO like a game of cat and mouse. Initially, defendants took a blanket position that any Konek data was obtained by an independent contractor and that they never took Konek data from a protected computer, and therefore, the data they had was not covered by the TRO. However, when Konek corrected defendants' fundamental misunderstanding of the term protected computer, which as defined by the Federal Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, simply means a computer connected to the Internet. (laughs) So, so this is, this is retarded. All right. I actually read up on this, uh, you know, federal computer fraud and abuse act. And there's, there's been a lot of people that have spoken out against this because it's so incredibly vague. Um, but like, here's, here's what happened. True. The vote said we didn't obtain this data from a protected computer. Right. And, and Koenig is saying, well, um, actually you did because it's a computer connected to the internet. Regardless, I guess so, regardless of whether it was here or in China, it was connected to the internet. So, you have to give it back to us, right? Anyways, (laughs) defendants changed their position then to complain that any Konek data that they obtained was from a third party who was not contracted to us or paid by us, that the data was turned over to the FBI, and that they no longer possess any Konek data. Defendants' position stands in stark contrast to their repeated public statements that their guys and analysts <coughs> helped them to obtain Konex data, and their repeated threats to publicly disclose it, even after they said they turned it over to the FBI. So they're saying, okay, you're telling us that uh, 
this guy was not contracted, all right, but, uh, you know, you, you refer to them as your guys or your analysts. So if they're your guys, then that probably means they're contracted by you, right? And they're also saying, you know, if you don't have this data, if you turned it over to the FBI, then why are you threatening to release it publicly? You're out there saying, well, we're going to release it all. But the thing is, um, see, I was I was part of the, the pit crew or whatever. What was it called? The pit team. I didn't go to the pit, but, you know, I got the emails and the tiger stuff and all that. And really what it was was not this data it was all of the connections and, and correspondence and all of the, you know, the background information. So when they say we're going to release it all, that's what they were talking about. They, they, they were threatening to release the connections between Konek and the CCP. They were threatening to release the email correspondence between them when they were working with the FBI and they were communicating with Konek. That's what they threatened and that's what they did. So they're they're really twisting this around. They're twisting the the information in their favor, right? I'm going to continue reading. In any event, defendants now openly admit that they will not comply with subsections of the restraining order because they turned over to the FBI what they now say they believe but do not know was Konex data and because it is otherwise a matter for the FBI. Okay. In doing so, defendants are refusing to identify to Konek those people involved in allegedly taking Konek's data, how, when, and where they took it, and who else has the data. Instead, defendants have filed a letter addressed to this court under seal, which purports to identify a single individual whose identity was hidden from Konek and the public that was involved in taking their data. Even though the defendants' prior statements clearly indicated that multiple people were involved, right? Okay, so... There's a lot to unpack in all of this. So this was their argument to hold them in contempt. And True the Vote responds by basically saying, and I've got some notes here. I'm not going to pull up the document. I'm just going to tell you what I, what I took from it. True the Vote responded to this by saying that, one, they, they didn't improperly acquire or disclose the data uh, to anyone other than the FBI. Okay, so you're asking us to give up all the names of the people that we disclose this to? Well, that's the FBI. End of story. They also said, we can't provide the data because the FBI is the only one that has it. And they can't comply with disclosing the name of the their confidential source of the data because it's under investigation by the FBI. And so we want the FBI to give us permission first. Now, they did disclose the name of one of their sources, or I don't know if there was one person or multiple people, but here's what True the Vote did. They said, we're not going to tell Konek the name of our guy, but what we'll do is we'll take the name of our guy and put it in a letter and submit it under seal to the courts so the judge can see it. But we don't want Konek to see it because, I mean, this is part of a criminal investigation and because, I mean, they're the freaking criminals. So why would we want to give the... I mean, why would you want to give the name of the guy who busted you to the criminals? Why? So they can they can kill him? They can harm him? Why would you want... Why, why even... Why do they even need to know that? I mean, from a, uh, from a security standpoint, okay, I can understand... Let's say Konek was innocent. They're not. But let's say they were. From a security standpoint, I can understand Konex saying, we want to know how, where, you know, how did you get this data? Because obviously that means there's a vulnerability in our system and we need to patch that or fix that. So this can never happen again. I can understand that. But why do you need to know the name of the person who got the data? Other than to maybe threaten or intimidate this person. So, so that's what you have to think about. They are, they are, you know, true the vote, put the name of the guy under seal to the court and said, here, we'll let you see it, but we don't want, we don't want to let Konex see it, right? Then they also invited the FBI to intervene and say, they said to the FBI, hey, we don't want to disclose this without your permission uh, because that's actually a violation of the law. 
if this is, you know, classified or whatever. They requested the FBI to intervene and give them permission to disclose this, but the FBI would not respond. Now, that's very important, okay? And I want you to, I want you guys to think about this, right? So, we're in a situation where the FBI is the sole entity in possession of their evidence. The evidence that True the Vote needs to vindicate themselves and say we didn't obtain this illegally. The FBI has all the evidence, but they don't appear <laughs> they don't appear interested in 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 helping True the Vote in any way. All right? That's a pretty big problem. Now, now this was all going on in September, right? Oh. I didn't know you guys weren't looking at my beautiful face. Sorry, I had this screen pulled up. Let me let me big screen it. Okay, now now I'm gonna make some eye contact, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna proceed from here. Okay, so this was this was all going on in September, uh, before before Eugene Yu was arrested, right? And at this point, it looks like true the vote true the vote is is losing, like badly. Uh, the judge granted their restraining order. Okay, and said it was likely that Konek would win on the merits. And the judge literally agreed with Konek's argument that that Greg Phillips basically hung himself and already admitted to committing a crime. The judge was agreeing with Konek on everything. Okay, and uh, so and and, and that's why he granted them them the injunction. Right. Because he's like, you guys are going to win anyway. So, you know, I don't want you guys to be harmed anymore by these criminals over here at True the Vote. Uh, so we got to get this injunction immediately. And uh, to top it all off, after that, Koenig is then trying to hold them in contempt for not complying with the temporary restraining order, right? So that's where we're at as of September 23rd. Now, at this point, you can tell. You can tell that Koenig pretty much thought they, they got this in the bag. They're in the clear. They got nothing to worry about, nothing to fear. They got this gag order on True the Vote. Uh, they're most likely going to succeed in holding them in contempt. They're both they're most likely going to win on the merits, uh, and True the Vote is of no threat to them whatsoever. And even if they look, True the Vote says they don't even have the evidence, right? <laughs> and we know the FBI is protecting us, so we don't have to worry about that. And even if they did have the evidence, they can't show it to anyone because we got a gag order. Okay, so uh, that's where we're at now. About ten days later, the New York Times runs a story titled, quote, How a Tiny Elections Company Became a Conspiracy Theory Target. And basically just makes Konek look like this this poor, helpless little victim of, of truth vote. These white sub- supremacists, uh, conspiracy theorists, big lie peddling, election denying, xenophobic, racist, bigot Nazis. Pretty much. And then <laughs> they, they run this story. And uh, it gets shared all over the place, right? New York Times, one of the biggest publications in the world. And uh, boom, the next day, Eugene Yu gets arrested. And what does he get arrested for? The same damn thing that True the Vote was saying that led to this defamation lawsuit, right? And I, I truly don't think that they saw this coming. You know, this this was uh this was the result of an investigation by the Los Angeles District Attorney Gaskin. And this was weird. This was bizarre because Gaskin is a damn uh a damn Soros plan. <laughs> I mean, the guy's literally just lets criminals run amok. He's 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 a George Soros operative. So it's very confusing. But nonetheless it happened. Right, and I don't think that they saw this coming. Now, before we go any further, I have one bone to pick with these wilfs out there. Uh, we got 525 people watching and only 58 rumbles, and it it just it hurts my feelings. So I'm going to ask you guys to please smash that like and boost my ego, okay? And that's all I ask. I've I've you know I've, I've done I've done done my homework all morning, you know, and the least all you got to do is click a button to make me happy. So, anyways, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep this thing rolling. So Eugene Yu gets arrested. They thought they had this whole thing on lockdown. All right, the courts are on their side, the media is on their side, the FBI is on their side, and uh, they think they've already won. And then, boom, they get blindsided by the CEO of the company, 
getting arrested for the exact same thing that True the Vote has been saying this entire time. And and it's got nothing to do with the FBI, which is the crazy part. But it it's it's the Los Angeles District Attorney, a totally separate entity. And they arrest so they arrested Eugene Yu, confiscated all of his servers, they took all the evidence, and uh you, you, you guys have to understand that in order for them to make the arrest, you can't just go arrest somebody with, without substantial evidence. So what this means is they believe there's substantial evidence that a crime has been committed. Okay, so um, before we go any further, I want to clear something up about this, right? Because I was, I was like, well, so True the Vote was working with the FBI and they were working with the L.A. District Attorney, right? And then I was like, and as I was reading all of this information in the, in the the court docket, I was like, well, wait a second. I thought True the Vote said the FBI is the only one that has the evidence. So, uh, are they lying? I mean, what's what's going on here? So, I wanted to clear this up, and I actually reached out to Catherine about it. And and um, this is what Catherine said. They said that the L.A. District Attorney already had an investigation open. Right, and they reached out to True the Vote, and they asked them for some comments to answer some questions. Right, so I I don't know. Okay, maybe here's what might have happened: you had the pit event, all this press starts coming out about Konek, and the you know you have entities like district attorneys maybe or or sheriffs watching this unfold and saying, okay, there's obviously something here, and my county uses Konex software. So we need to look into this, right? That's probably what happened. And so the, the district attorney already had an investigation open and they contacted True the Vote and asked them, what can you tell us? What can you give us that's going to help us, um, you know, move this along? And uh, they just answered questions. They didn't hand They didn't hand any of this data over. So, the statement that they only gave the the data they had to the FBI sounds to be likely true. All right, so I, I wanted to clear that up. the The LA District Attorney's Office got their own evidence. Now, you know this is where things get this is where things get a little crazy. Uh, Assassinator says, "Dude, you have a beard of a red heifered Viking. Does that help? Yes, man, that helps me a lot." You know, it doesn't take much to boost my ego. And that right there, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to need a bigger room for my, my, my dome. <sighs> Thank you, Assassinator. Now I can continue. Now I can keep, keep moving. So here's the thing. At this point, you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is where things start going in true the vote's direction. Uh, because, look, they filed a defamation lawsuit. And then the guy gets arrested for the exact same thing that they were claiming. That's what you would think would happen, right? You know, this should be all the uh, vindication in the world that they need to win. This should be an open and shut case, right? Wrong. Wrong. Not so fast, you guys. Okay? You should know that we live in a lawless land. That these criminals run amok that the media covers for them, that the courts cover for them, that the DOJ covers for them, and they can get away with murder. And then when you're, in, when, when you're in a courtroom, your side's not allowed to present any evidence or call in any witnesses, and the other side is basically allowed to put a gag order over you, and you don't get to say your side, and that's how this goes. Okay, so Eugene was arrested, and uh, first of all, first of all, after this guy was arrested, he was arrested on a Tuesday. The first judge said, we want this guy to, to remain in jail until an extradition hearing. We want him to stay in jail. And the reason, I would imagine, is because he's a flight risk. You have this Chinese national with all these connections in China, right? Okay, so there's potential he could flee the country and then be out of our purview. So we got to keep him in jail. Also, when they arrested him in Michigan, he was literally boarding a plane. <laughs> and he didn't have a cell phone on him, which is shady. This is a guy who's, uh, he, he knows a lot about tech stuff. 
right? And he knew that he could be tracked by his cell phone. So he, he decided to leave that behind, and he was boarding a plane when they caught him. So he's a flight risk, right? you got to keep this guy in jail. But then two days later, after the judge said he should stay in jail, a different judge, Judge Donald, granted Eugene Yu's request for a $1 million bond. Okay? So then he bonded out two days later. Now, if you guys know about bond, you, you only have to put up like 10%. So I think he, you know, he put up $100,000, bonded out of jail, right? And so that's not good. That's not good. This dude was trying to flee when he got arrested, it, it looks like. And they let him out on bond despite that fact. Okay? So, <sighs> chances are, chances are, this guy is in contact with the deep state. Okay? Chances are, uh, you know, basically, they're, they're, they're probably working together. You know, the FBI, the DOJ trying to work together to concoct a scheme to get this guy off the hook or, you know, plan his uh, fake death or something, something, right? Um, the fact that this guy bonded out ain't good. But that's that's just a side note. The thing I wanted to tell you about is the fact that, remember, after Eugenia was arrested, I mean, before, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Let me take another sip of my water before I get all scatterbrained. Okay, so before Eugene Yu got arrested, Konak was in court trying to hold them true the vote in contempt. Then Eugene Yu gets arrested for the exact same thing that true the vote was claiming that led to the defamation suit, which should completely vindicate them, right? What do you think the judge did? Do you think that he was like, oh, true the vote, wow. Wow, I was wrong about you guys. And, uh, you know, I think you guys deserve a little justice. No, of course not. The judge on October 6th, two days after Eugene U was arrested, he actually uh, held them in contempt of court. That's That was the decision on the 6th, so four days ago. And, and, Remember, I told you that True the Vote, they took their confidential source and they put it under seal and gave it to the judge and said, we don't want Koenig to see this. Well, the judge wasn't going for that. And he decided, uh, you know, True the Vote has to tell Koenig who their confidential source is. And he also is making True the Vote pay their attorney fees. If you don't believe me, I'll pull up the frickin' document so you can see for yourself. And this is what I'm telling you guys. I'm trying to tell you guys, this is some corrupt stuff, man. Hold on. <sighs> so, at an in-person hearing on October 6, 2022, the court again ordered defendants to disclose to Konek the identity of the individual that defendants through the vote uh, claim was involved in accessing their protected computers. Okay? However, defendants' counsel read into the record the name of a single person in response to subsection V of the TRO, but did not otherwise identify any organization that individual is involved with as required by the TRO. Nor did defendants state or identify whether any other persons or organizations were involved in accessing Koenig's protected computers despite their previous public statements referring to the involvement of multiple persons. So look, the judge said you got to tell him who the guy is. So they're like, well, okay, I guess we have to tell who our confidential source is. And so they tell Konek who the guy is. And then, and then, they're still not happy. They're still not happy. They're saying, but you said there was multiple guys. You said that there was multiple guys. And you didn't tell us the organization that he was involved with. Right? And you didn't comply with the rest of the, the, the temporary restraining orders. So... Like I said, the judge said that the defendants shall immediately comply with the rest of the restraining order. They shall pay Konex reasonable and necessary attorney's fees and expenses. And within seven days of this order, Konex shall file any evidence concerning their attorney fees. 
and how much all of this has cost them. You, you've wasted their time, you know, not compliant. We've, we, we, Konek, these poor, innocent victims of xenophobia, racism, white supremacy, and election denying, you know, true the vote. They have had to pay attorneys to deal with true the vote and their, you know, uh, malfeasance in the courts. And the judge says, you guys got to pay their attorneys. You got to pay the fees. We're holding you in contempt. And you, you still have to comply with the rest of this restraining order. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Two days after the guy gets arrested, they're held in contempt of court. Do you guys understand how, how ridiculous this is? And meanwhile, okay, because we're, we're, we're coming to a close here. Well, kind of, maybe not. I actually have two articles I want to show you guys. Um, you know, so so this is this is blatant in your face corruption. This restraining order, uh, they got they got they got the restraining order without ever having a hearing or listening to True the Votes arguments. Uh, they're being made to you know they're 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 allowing Konek to make themselves look like victims in all of this, and and the court's been completely on their side. And meanwhile, you have a separate problem going on, and that is with the FBI. Okay, see because right now. The FBI is trying to figure out how to make all of this go away. All right? And you you have to understand why. Remember that Greg Phillips gave the evidence to the FBI. And what did the FBI do? Nothing. They didn't do a damn thing about a national security threat. The compromising of our elections... The compromising of our personal identifying data to the CCP. They gave them all this data. They did nothing. Okay, so how does that make the FBI look bad? And so, do you think the FBI is going to, you know, intervene in this defamation case and be like, all right, all right, true the vote. We got your evidence and we're coming to save the day and we're going to vindicate you guys and make sure that people know the truth. No, 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 no. No. The FBI is... Remember, uh, Eugene Yu is out on bond, okay? And remember that the FBI turned this whole investigation around to make True the Vote the target of stealing data from Koenig, okay? So do you think that they're probably coordinating right now, you know, to try to to try to take down Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, do you think that they're trying to concoct a little plot, a little scheme here? Of course they are. Of course they are. And that's the country we live in. That's the way the cookie crumbles around here. Okay? So we, we, we've got... Look, I mean, these guys are asking for prayers right now. Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, uh, because they are being made the target of the FBI and this defamation suit, despite the fact that Eugene, you was arrested is not going in, in their direction. I, I'm, I mean, just to put it plain and simple now with all of this, you know, I, I wanted to know how to help. What, what's the best thing we can do to help. And the best thing we could be doing, according to Catherine is getting all of these other jurisdictions still using the poll chief software to follow suit of Los Angeles. That's what we should be doing. Because that adds to their case. Now, I also asked, okay, so, so uh, you know, the FBI, they're the sole people with this evidence, right, that would vindicate you. Uh, what about the, the Los Angeles district attorney? You know, and, and that evidence is completely separate. Now, I would imagine... See, I'm, I, don't, I don't know a lot about legalese. I'm learning, but I don't really know how this works. I would think that the evidence collected by the Los Angeles District Attorney could also be, um, you know, be used to help them, I would assume. But this is where we're at right now. This is where we're at right now. I do believe they will be completely vindicated. However, I'm also concerned with... You know, can't the FBI like come in and be like, well, this is this is something that happened across multiple states and this is our jurisdiction. Uh, you know, we, we're taking complete control over this. And couldn't the FBI do that, too? I'm pretty sure. 
I don't know. Don't let me sound stupid. Come on, I need I need somebody in the comments to like tell me if what I'm saying is is possible so I don't sound stupid. Anyways, I got a couple more things I want to show you guys. Like I said, the best thing we could do right now is to get these other jurisdictions to follow suit and follow with uh you know the LA's lead in getting rid of Pole Chief software or any Konex software. And we already know Fairfax, Virginia already followed suit. Ah, why, I, dude, I, I keep forgetting to click over here and, and go to full screen. But uh, we already know Fairfax, Virginia already followed suit with, with L.A. Right? So I sound wise but agitated. Nah, man, I'm chill. I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm just trying to, you know, I try, I try to amp things up, you know, just to keep the energy high around here. Because I, look, I, I envision myself out there, right? And I got a short attention span. And if you're not like, I'm like a baby, you know, if you don't shake shake keys in front of my face, I, I just can't, I can't focus and I start looking at something else. And I don't want you guys to do that. But then I have to remember my audience is mostly older than me and more mature. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's just me, but I personally have a short attention span. Now I want to show you guys, I want to show you guys something. Remember I said Fairfax, Virginia, they decided to kick out pole chief. Well, check this out. Your minds are about to be blown. Wow. Before I get into that. Mandolisi says, Nick, you don't sound confident. Sit up, shoulders back, and a deep breath, forward on. Now, I was about to get I was about to get offended by that, but the way you frame that, it's like encouraging. But I am so confident. You guys have no idea how confident I am. Okay, but but thank you anyways. Thank you. <clears throat> wow, I feel a lot better. Okay, so anyways, let me <laughs> let me pull something up here. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Who are the most, what, what are the most corrupt counties or the, you know, what's the most corrupt city in, in the world that you can think of? Hmm? Huh? If you said Detroit, you're correct. If you said Detroit, you're also correct. Check this out. Boom, baby. Bada boom, bada bing. Detroit terminates contract with election software company named in data breach investigation. Mm. Detroit has terminated its contract with an Okimos-based election software company after its founder was taken into custody on suspicion of poll worker data theft in California. The company had worked with the city since 2008 on various poll management and logistics systems over the course of several years. Elections. <laughs> mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what 10% of the counties already. We have LA, we have Fairfax, Virginia, we have Detroit. Now there's like 32 counties using this software, and that's like 10% of them have already kicked them out. Now check this out DeKalb County. After arrest, DeKalb weighing how to proceed with poll worker software. The DeKalb County Elections Office said Thursday it had not entered the personal information of local poll workers into software recently purchased from Konek, a firm whose president was detained earlier this week as part of an investigation into the possible theft of similar data in California. Mm. Mm. But there, you know, with, with, with less than a week... A little over a week until the start of early voting, they're still trying to figure out the best way to proceed. Mm. So, you guys got to think. You guys got to think about this. We're like 30 days away from an election. And, I mean, every time that we've tried to ban the Dominion machines in the courts, they're always like, oh, we can't, it's too close to the election. That's what they said in Arizona. They're like, oh, we can't because it would just, we'd have to change everything at the last minute. But somehow we're succeeding to get rid of this poll chief software. <laughs> and what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that one, 
It's got to be pretty damn bad. It's got to be pretty damn compromised. Blatantly. Like, there's no way around it. They can't hide it. It's that compromised. And two, what it means is that there's a bunch of people out there that are going ape shit ballistic to demand that they get rid of it. And it's working. See, we've had... Uh, Steve Bannon talk about this. We've had freaking Fox News talk about this. We've had every single citizen journalist that ever talked about elections bring this up. This has spread like wildfire. The arrest of Eugene has created a domino effect. And this is this is proof that when you have the when the information gets out there, you guys, we can make waves. We can get shit done. The information just has to get out there. I mean we, we have a nice little channel here, but uh, we ain't Fox News. And the fact that Fox News reported on this, I believe, has a big... It had a big impact on, on this. Uh, there's, there's, there's just been so many people talking about it that they have to listen. And so we're making moves. We're making things happen. They're, they're being forced to listen to us. And... Here we have a, a, a I, want, I want you guys to understand how substantial this is, because this is a shift in the narrative like we've never seen before. Uh, we're actually, we've proven a Chinese connection between an election software company, okay? And they, they all told us we were crazy for thinking stuff like that with Dominion and, you know, all these other companies that, with the voting machines. That's crazy. China, China compromising our elections? Oh, that's impossible, our elections are completely safeguarded. The most safest, secure election in American history. Bullshit. Bullshit. And and so this is the domino effect, baby. It's not going to stop there. It ain't going to stop with Konek, neither. But we have to continue. When you have momentum, you have to lean into it, you know? You know, you have to... I, I used to do jujitsu. And that's what you do. You don't, you know, when you, when you have momentum, you lean into it, you work with it. And so we've got to milk this thing for all that it's worth, right? We've, we've, we've crossed the Rubicon where the general public is aware that there's some sort of CCP connection here between elections, you know, between the CCP and elections. And that is, that is very encouraging. So while True the Vote is kind of, you know, in some sticky territory here with this defamation suit, and I do believe, I don't believe we've seen the last of the FBI in this situation. Let's just put it that way. And I have good reason to believe that. Uh, in essence, I, I, I believe that the, the Gaskin L.A. District Attorney, what happened there, is a complete turd in their punch bowl. Because if it weren't for that, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. They, they would get their asses, you know, true the vote would be in a bad situation. But because that happened, now they're in some big, big trouble. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, Jelly Beans? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to do me a favor. Smash that rumble button. We got 674 people watching and 124 rumbles, and it's it's going to make me cry. It's going to make me cry, and you guys don't want to see that. It's pathetic. It's 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 it's, it's embarrassing. So, I spent all morning reading this court docket, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted you guys to get an understanding, a full understanding, of just how this is going in the courts. Uh, clearly, True the Vote needs some prayers, and they also need us to be vigilant. This is not the time to get complacent. Don't think, oh, Eugene Yu, he, he got arrested. Okay, but we have to continue pushing to get rid of this stuff. What does the W in Wilf mean? Oh. You want me to answer that in front of 670 people? Listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It means... No, seriously, what, what the backstory with Wilf is I was on a live stream with Behizzy, and Behizzy, he called me a Wilf. Like, he used to make gay jokes a lot. And he called me a wilf, and I, I was like, what did, What does that mean? And he was like, no, 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 let's just move on. Let's, and I was like, no, 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 what does that mean? And he wouldn't answer. But I just, I just assume 
that it, it meant whitey. Okay, so there was that, right? And then that was like a running joke for a little bit. And then somebody in my chat came up with an acronym that WILF means Warrior for Independence, Liberty, and Freedom. And I said, I love that. I love that. I want that tattooed on my chest. I want that. I want a, a t-shirt. I want a mug. I want, I want that to be like, I want, I want to, I, I, I just loved it. Okay. Now also when I made my telegram, uh, I, I, I made an account, Nick Cedar, and then I forgot how to log into that account. And then I was like, damn, I can't get into my telegram. So I had to make a new one. And since Nick Cedar was already taken, I made it Wilf Cedar. Okay, now it's been like a year since that little, you know, joke. And it's it, it, at this point it's like the majority of the people that listen to me don't even don't even know the backstory behind that and it's it's like the joke is stale. But I can't, I can't change my name back to Nick Cedar. All right? And so we're, we're we're just sticking with it. At this point it's like ironic because it's not funny anymore, but I continue to Use it. Okay, so I explained it. I explained it. <sighs> yes. Yes, Mandalisi. I think you're on the right track. <laughs> okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, we've been going for about an hour. I want you guys to do me a favor and please share this live stream as far and wide as you possibly can because I think it's important that people understand the situation and as well understand what we can do to help the situation. So please click that share button um, on rumble. Don't forget to smash the like because it helps the, uh, helps rumble to boost this, you know, to more people and whatnot. I would really appreciate that. I want to thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you want to support this channel, you can use some, some of the links in the description and whatnot. Anyways, thanks for watching and I will see you next time. And I think we're going to go live tomorrow too. So be on the lookout.